Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 63 of the Seas Show. I'm back with the co-host. We had we out here, we getting it. It's, it's NBA opening week. Like, what more can you really ask for? I literally um, have been, you know, on my NFL stuff and playing Madden, um, been doing fantasy football, whatnot. I literally took all of my NFL DNA in me and just like flushed it all out. NBA season's back. I'm so excited. Before we get into episode 63, I want to rehash you guys on episode 62. On episode 62, Trey returned, obviously. And we discussed the Lakers preseason debut, Anthony Davis, uh, oh, my fault, Anthony Davis preseason um, injury uh, to his hand or whatnot. NBA in China, Trey elaborated on that great. Got some good feedback with that as well. Shout out to Trey. Um, Katie's Hot 97 interview, Zion's preseason dominance, and much, much more. Now that it's open week, we have a lot of content to deliver to you all. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my co-host, my boy, Trey. What's up? What's up, y'all? Hey, it's good to be back, you know, recording on this Sunday, man. It's a little bit rainy outside, but the sun always shines when it's basketball season somewhere. So uh, good to be back. Uh, NBA season is back. It, it feels – the preseason felt really good, but yeah. these first few games of this season, I felt crazy. O.D. You know, the, the talking points, the just the matchups, and mm-hmm. we haven't even, like, scratched the surface. You know, it's the tip of the iceberg, so – Hey, NBA is back. Basketball is back. College basketball is like two weeks away. Mm-hmm. It's a good, it's a good time. It's Christmas time for Hoopers. It's Christmas what a, time. What a time to be alive, right? Hey, yeah, you know. All right. So before we even get into opening week, I didn't really get a chance to talk about this particular injury. I'm talking about Zion Williams. Me and Trey were so we had like a whole 10, 15 minute rant on Zion. We didn't even know how to describe no. how excited. Uh, this guy was, you know, was was doing, you know what I'm saying? So Zion, um, you know, suffered a torn meniscus in his right knee and is set to miss six to eight weeks um, after an arthroscopic surgery. Uh, so this was a guy who in preseason basically averaged 23 points and shot over 70% from the field. Um, you literally could not stop him. Freight train, crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy because... From just doing a little bit of research, I'm not an expert or anything, but with meniscus tears, there's two ways to go about taking care of that. One, you can get it uh, shaved off a little bit. So if you get it shaved off a little bit, the recovery time is going to be faster. But the downside to that is is long-term um, health-related injuries going forward with the knee. So think of like D-Way. D-Way was one of the prime examples who had that arthroscopic surgery. And although he was able to come back, he always had injury, knee-related injuries that always bothered him. So you can do that, or you can get it sewed. If you get it sewed, you're going to be out longer. So Zion, what, four to eight weeks, six to eight weeks? Yeah. This one would be three to four months. Um, but if you get it fully sewn back, they say that long-term that would be better for you. Um, so it kind of makes me think, since he's out for six to eight weeks, I wonder if he snipped it off a little bit or shaved it off, rather. And that just has me thinking, like, is it politics in the sense that, all right, you're our number one pick. Is it on us to make sure you're fully healthy to play? Or is it on us, knowing that we're an organization, knowing that we invested a lot into the Pelicans this year, nationally televised and whatnot, is it on us to make our product, you know, perform? Um, what are your thoughts on his injury, and how do you think it affects him moving forward, the team moving forward, your expectations for the Pelicans, 
you know, just tell me your spill and everything. Uh, that's interesting that you say that uh, kind of going between the do I have to produce for with my product right off the back or, you know, am I going to take it slow with this guy? And for me, being the organizational person that I am and, and being the person that would always implore longevity from an organizational standpoint and from a player standpoint, you know, uh, I would – dial it back and if we had to take the few months where I had to say, all right, you're not gonna play this year, cool, whatever. We've seen it in players like uh I mean we haven't I haven't done any research on um Michael Porter. Yeah. But, you know, they he had a back injury. They weren't in a rush. Granted, it's of two different natures. You know, yeah. you can't really play if your back's giving you problems. But it's of two different natures. They they sat him out the whole year. The whole year. The whole year. Zion Williamson, who seems to be more of a once in a generational player than Michael Porter Williams will will ever be or you know that that, that we really think we thought he was kind of the second coming of KD but at the same time it was like all right there was a lot of wild factor from his scoring ability and his scoring potential but it wasn't like Zion Williamson where it's like how the fuck are we gonna stop this guy you know so if I have a player like that I'm putting him on ice if I have to put him on ice yeah. I have a good coach we have a good young team granted we don't want to struggle again I mean we see like on the other side of the ball, the Saints aren't doing terrible. The Saints are, are, are a staple of that city. We got the Pelicans that are ready to take the next step. But at the same time, you're taking two steps backwards to take one step forward if you let Zion really, really get hurt. Or, you know, hand to God, fingers crossed, hopefully it doesn't happen. But it's on you if something really drastic happens to him. And it's like, damn, he's out for a year. Then it, it, it only prolongs stuff. So for for me, from an organizational standpoint, I would dial it back. For them, and maybe because Zion knows his body a little bit better than we know it. I mean, of course he does. I feel like he don't even know his body. <laughs> his yeah. body's capable of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if he decided to jump into another city, but like <laughs> he might be able to do it. You know, like he's he's a super saiyan. Like dude's crazy. <laughs> this episode of Dragon Ball Z. Shout out DJ Meechy Meech. But um, <laughs> we get a kick out of that, man. But uh, yo, like. It's just, it's like a secret weapon. Like it's a it's a weapon of real like mass destruction. And like, you're not gonna sit there and be like, all right, it's not before it's like really ready. Before it's really been tested, just go ahead and just go out there and use it. It's like, all right, let's fine tune this thing, style it back, let's make sure our calculations are right. Mm-hmm. You have to do that with your star player or your your number top draft pick. That's literally once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if Derrick Rose when he was coming into the league, if they knew how to prevent those kind of injuries, you know, knowing, like, if you if you ch- could choose not to be ignorant to those injuries, like, mm-hmm. all right, well, Derek, we're going to do this, we're going to teach you how to do this, or, you know, any type of plan or implementation to not get him hurt, mm-hmm. you would. Yeah. You would, but I feel like this is, we were like five years past that, almost a decade past that, to keep it a stack, and there's precautions that can be taken. Why would you risk that with Zion Williamson? I don't have the words for it. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I can't give you a real good explanation to why you would put him out on the floor, super super fast. Now, if this is protocol, if this is what happens, this is what you do. You're confident in it. Cool, go for it. But if you're risking your franchise, because Zion Williamson is your franchise, yeah, that's, that's that's everything. That's long term. So you got to think ahead. I'm not living in. I mean, obviously, you only live in the moment. But I'm thinking for the franchise's point of view. I want at least 10 to 15 years out of this man. If he happens to want to stay, yeah. You know, nowadays, people be moving and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, definitely have to agree with you. So, do you think this injury will keep him from becoming a superstar? Um, 
I don't think this this injury would keep him from becoming a superstar. Um, it might hurt him for as far as like rookie of the year and stuff like that because he's not going to play a full a full term. Uh, but but superstar status or or, or all star status is going to um, depend on his overall health. And in order for him to be healthy, his knees have to be healthy. And sure. y'all gotta get that right. Do you think he? Cause it's it's weird. Even David Griffin came out with it. And he's saying like, "Yo, he he's been taking care of his body. He's been working out. He works as hard as anybody I've seen since I've been a part of this organization with the Pelicans. Yeah. This is just a different type of dude, and we don't really know how to handle his body yet." Yeah. Like you said earlier. So, do you think he, do you think he needs to take off a little bit of weight because that adds overall more pressure like to his knees? Um, and I I I have heard. And even people that I've been around, like older people, um, I, I, I work with a guy, he's a little bit older, and he was like, he's on a diet simply to get weight down because I think some, some ratio for every pound that you have, it's so many pounds of how it feels on your knees. Especially like, when you're dunking and jumping like that all Dunking the time. and jumping. <laughs> and then this is just, this guy's just walking around. So he, he was on a diet because of that. But we're talking about a world-class athlete. He's, you know... Athletes put on pounds so they can create force and momentum and stuff like that. So now we're taking, saying, like, hey, dial it back. Um, who's to say? I, I'm not going to come on and be like, Zion needs to lose weight. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. Zion's been playing like this for damn near three, four years since he's had, you know, probably this development, you know, since we've, since we've seen him killing it in high school, killing it at Duke, and now we're here. He hasn't had these type of problems. I mean, he had the, the what happened last year. And that was the the shoe. the shoe blew out, and then he might have had a little bit of a knee injury last year. I, I can't I can't think, but yeah, I think he sprained his knee. He sprained his knee, but overall he's been fine with this, you know. So I think we're really rushing to put him in the same category as oh, this is going to be a continuing kind of situation. But who's to say? You know, I'm not going to tell him how to take care of his body. We haven't seen anything like this. Yeah. I'm not built like Zion. You're not built like Zion. So. In a way, it's up to him, but two, you have to just really look at it from a longevity standpoint if you're him and then if you're the people around him. So, for sure, gotta agree with that. Um, moving on to that, opening night was amazing, man. Started off Tuesday, started off right, made sure I got to work early <laughs> just so I can leave early, went to the gym. Like, I, I did everything I had to do just for opening night. Still gotta get my TV mounted, but it's all good. Opening night was great, man. Um, first game was Pelican versus Raptors. Raptors got their rings. Um, they were feeling themselves a little bit. <laughs> Ended up being a great game, you know what I'm saying? Just a week ago, Pascal Siakam got that max deal, which he more than likely – which he, he, he deserved that. He Very deserved that deserved 100%, and he's been, he's been playing up to it the whole time. Um, so Raptors played the Pelicans. They ended up going to overtime, winning 132-122. to 122. Pascal Siakam had 34 points, 18 rebounds, five assists. Kyle Lowry added on with 22, six assists, five rebounds. And then out of nowhere, Fred Van Fleet was looking like Steph Curry out there <laughs> and had 34 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Overall, pretty solid game. Um, like I said, we got to see the, the, the Pelicans play without Zion. So I think they kind of went really small. I think they started Lonzo and Drew Holiday in the backcourt. And then did they start J.J. Redick too? Uh, I believe they started JJ. They started JJ Redick, and then yeah, JJ, JJ. Redick, and then they also started uh, Brandon Ingram. And then what's the center's name? And Jaleel Okafor. No, not Jaleel Okafor. Not Jaleel Okafor. 
22. <laughs> Number 22. Can't think of his name right now. Um, but, yeah, start all of them. Uh, they looked pretty good from a wing standpoint, defending-wise. Uh, they did overall pretty solid. Who I was impressed by the most is probably Brandon Ingram, considering the fact that he came off that blood clot injury. He's been putting in a lot of work, like a lot of work. I think he's been averaging almost uh, like 27, like 4 and 5, which has been phenomenal. Uh, it seems like Drew Holiday is really having that impact on this young team. And the fact that a few of them came from the Lakers over to the Pelicans, they already have that chemistry attack. Now, they're 0-2 right now. Yes. 0-2 right now. But um, every game has been competitive. Like I said, they went to overtime against the defending champions. And they played the Rockets last night. And, you know, they only lost by three points. Josh, I could have tied the game to send them to overtime. But what were your thoughts on that game? Um, and I know you have something to say about Norman Powell. <laughs> All right. Um, I think it was a good first showing. Um, again, I'm really high on this uh, on this Pelicans team. Um, or I'm a, I'm really in love with the potential that they really have. I love Coach Gentry. Uh, Brandon Ingram looks damn good. I think he has to figure out how to um, take it to that next superstar level from a um, I won't say a from an organizational standpoint, but just from a approach standpoint because you know you can put a whole lot of points up at the same time superstars are going to be on the court they're going to make their teammates better and they're going to put up their numbers too not saying that brandon ingram isn't on his way to doing that but there there is that kind of switch you kind of see in players you know when kobe went from kind of that eight to black mamba mentality when lebron was first like you know putting up raw points and raw numbers to when he was like all right I'm getting my teammates involved, and I know I can close this game out, and I'm putting up my points consistently too. Kind of that that space where we really just take take the superstar for granted in a way. Yeah. You know, it's like, damn, you know, they do it all the time. But at the same time, that's the space that you kind of have to get in. That's the consistent superstar. You know, I've got my teammates involved. He was like, every day is like, oh, LeBron went 18 and 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. We get we get used to it, but at the same time, that's the that's what I want to see kind of out of Brandon Ingram. And from a scoring standpoint, he can do it. And he was distributing the ball. Him and um, Josh Hart, who I'm really high on too. Again, the whole team really. I just I'm excited for him. It might not be a great year for them. It might not be a great year for him. And considering Zion's out too, like we just talked about. But this is this is the making. This is this is the basketball team you want to see. This is the fun running gun style, long athletic players with people that can shoot. Great point guard, great great vision. It's who I want to see. Uh, on the opposite side of the ball, um, Raptors looked very good. Pascal Siakam, again, is who we thought he was. Is who you thought he was. Um, the game went very well. I didn't think they were going to go into overtime. I figured that, you know, Toronto would get them out of the way. But for some odd reason... <laughs> There was a timeout called right before the end of regulation. There's like about five seconds left or so, and Raptors coach calls a timeout. Cool. We're going to get a play. We're going to get a play for Kyle Lowry. We might get something going to Mark Gasol. Pascal Siakam's fouled out at this point, I believe. Uh, Fred Van Fleet is playing like a fucking maniac, right? So let's get the ball, right? Timeout, guys. Let's get the ball into the hands of Norman Powell. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's get, all right, so we're going to run for it. Van Fleet off three-point line. Maybe we missed him. You know, I think is I thought he was wide open, but I think 
Mew kind of faked at it, so he decided not to give the ball to him because Kyle Lowry inbound the ball. And um, in comes Norman Powell. Now, when Norman gets the ball, there's about eight seconds left on the clock. And for some reason, Norman Powell holds the ball. He's at half court. He's at half court guarded by, is this Jackson? I don't even know who that is. I think that's the, that's the rookie kid from Duke. But Norman Powell decides that he's going to be Damian Lillard because he's probably watched the highlight of him waving bye-bye to OKC 20 times over the offseason. And he starts at like three seconds from half court. Rocks, rocks, rocks. <laughs> and he launches it from the fucking logo. I don't even want to cuss right now. It's not worth me cussing. But like he launches it from the logo. And I'm texting Sea Wells like, Norman freaking Powell <laughs> is the best shot we could have got. <laughs> like, thank God they won that game because sheesh. But what was he thinking? What do you think? Like, there's a, we, there's a freeze fame of this. And he literally launched it from the logo. He almost went in high key. <laughs> it, it hit the back of the rim. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Lowry has his hands on his head like look at Marcus's violence. Like, Edie, you're probably cursing all his kids right now. <laughs> hey, what are you doing, bro? But Lord help Norman Powell if they would have lost that game. Yeah. But it, it it was a damn good game. Good uh opening night. Fun to have basketball back. Some takeaways from that. Uh Lonzo looks very fluid. Um again, Pascal Siakam playing very well. Kyle Lowry is the leader that he was. Um Josh Hart's getting a lot of minutes for the Pels and Playing very well too, and Jaleel Okafor is out there getting getting it in. So, uh, two teams that on the lookout for. I mean, of course, Toronto. Where do you see Toronto finishing this year in the East? Um, I've been saying this from the jump. Um, they should be a top six team, honestly. Like aside from the Bucks, and aside from Philly. the Philadelphia 76ers, I think three through six is kind of up for grabs. We don't know what Brooklyn's going to be yet. Celtics seem like they're going to have an up and down season. Okay. Um, and you know. They have the most chemistry together, reigning champions. They got their system intact. I love their coach. Pascal's emerging. Kyle Lowry, like you said, still there. Fred Fleet's looking good. OG's about to step up. You still got the Towers and Marcus on serve. So I expect them to be four through six seed. Could be possibly three, but four through six seems more ideal. Say less. Say less. In the next game, I was excited about Lakers-Clippers, man. We've been talking about the battle of L.A. the whole time. I remember I was at work. And one of my boys knows I'm a huge Kawhi fan. I think everyone kind of knows that by <laughs> now. Um, and he was like, yo, you trying to bet 10 on the game? 10 is nothing. But like, I was like, oh, PG not there yet. And just looking at this preseason matchup that the Lakers had with the Warriors, I'm not going to bet today. Once, <laughs> once, once PG gets back, let's bet. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> the, Laker, I mean, the Lakers got molly by the Clippers um, the final score ended up being 112-102. I think they were up as twenty um, as much as 20 points. But it was just crazy because Kawhi did what he did. Uh, started off a little slow. And then out of nowhere, I think he had a stretch where he scored like 10-plus points. Ended up with 30 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Uh, LeBron and AD kind of struggled. Uh, I don't know if it was because – obviously they played preseason games together, but they only played – they played the Nets twice. And I think they played the Warriors like three or four times. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a small sample size if you're playing the same team over and over again. Obviously, this year with Golden State, they're lacking in a lot of different areas that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But um, once they actually went up against, and I told this to, who I told this to? To, to Manny. I don't like to really curse on my show like that, but Clippers are 
that's a real nigga team. <laughs> like, that's a real nigga team right there. Like, Pat Bev. I love Pat Bev. Yeah, they, they really gave LeBron and AD some problems. And I thought from the jump, like, I know Montrezl Harrell is a little undersized, but he, he got... He got some. He got some strength on him right there. Oh, so no, I saw a lot of times when LeBron James would just walk the ball up court, get a ball to AD in the post, and try to just force feed him to get him into the game. I don't think you're necessarily going to win like that. Um, it also seemed that LeBron at certain times was a little passive um, and didn't want to be dominant. There were certain times where he would show you flashes of his dominance, but I felt like he's kind of putting his foot on the gas a little bit. But then again. Their defense was so good and so elite on the Lakers, it kind of looked like it wore him and AD down, so they were a little ineffective. And I think they ended up being um, shooting 38% from the field, which was crazy um, as well, too. But the Clippers already look pretty damn good. Um, and what I'm most shocked about is how well they, uh, you know, had Kawhi mesh, you know, into their system as well, too, especially when they play, like, one or two preseason games as well, too. Still looks very efficient. Yeah. Looks very, very good out there. You got Beverly, who's a hound up there. Shamit, who I'm impressed by. I don't know why Philly let him go. Very, very good. It's going to be a solid role player for years to come. No one can really stop Lou Williams at all. No. No one can stop Lou Williams, and, it, and it's crazy. Zubac's only getting better. Montrezl Harrell's a dog off that, the, the bench. The Lakers gave away last year. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand, but uh, what were your thoughts on, um, you know, Clippers, Lakers, and, you know, LeBron trying to downplay and say, oh, this isn't a rivalry. Like, yes, it is, bro. Yeah. They're, in your, they're essentially in your home. Yeah. Lakers, you are historically known for winning. The fan base wants you guys to win. You have, in some people's eyes, the best player. I don't think he's the best player no more, number two. Um, and number two is actually in your town, in your city. He, he even had a, his own New Balance commercial where he's driving, um, I don't know where in L.A. or in San Diego he's driving at, but he got a little keychain, and it's a little king keychain. Oh, Basically wow. saying, yo, he's the new king of L.A. right now. Wow. Just came up with Files VP. He's saying, yo, I'm coming to your crib. What a market First of all, he's like, yo, I'm a free agent. <laughs> I'm going to leave the impression that I'm going to get you guys. I'm going to assign to you guys. And then the last day, psych, I got PG. I'm going to Clippers. Then you had to just messing around and just build your roster, get Danny Green, get Avery Bradley, and so on and so on. Resign KCP, who's been playing terrible. But, uh, yeah, now he's in your town, so it's going to be a robbery because you know to get to where you want to be, which is the NBA Finals, you know you're going to have to go through the Clippers. Like, you know that. But what are your thoughts on that game? Um, I'm going to say this a lot today, but Kawhi Leonard is who we thought he was. <laughs> like, dude's ridiculous, man. I and, uh, and my next question is going to be, you can just go ahead. Just tell me about it. Just tell me about uh, it. Man. I think the Lakers, for, for as much as we've seen this, and we talk about it every year, this is everybody in basketball, but I think LeBron James is a, LeBron James is a seasoned manager in a way. And what I mean by that is that he really just, like, he picks and chooses his spots. Yeah. And there's some spot, and he knows that, like, all right, I'm not going to burn myself out with this because he knew the effort that he, he came into the league giving effort to a team that wasn't really going to make the playoffs, yeah. you know? And then he came in, he gave effort, you know, a thousand percent, mm -hmm. and, you know, they made the playoffs, might have exited, like, first round or something like that, uh, his, like, second year. But he's been, he's been doing this for 17 years, okay? So I'm not going to push the panic button at all for these two games. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he has taken a step back, he's taking a step forward. And, we'll, and, I'll, and I'll 
I'll, I'll make I'll give you my opinion on what I think it is in a second. But I think he's very smart in how he approaches the game for early on, or how he approaches the season early on with his new teammates, with this new team, what he shows, what he what he gives. He's still a consistent player. Does, is it going to equate to wins sometimes? Sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes no. But he is trying to get people involved from a, all right, we have to be really good hitting our strives certain points of the year. Not Let me not take over, you know, because I, I can teach a man to fish and he'll eat forever, or I could give him a fish, eat for a day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like he has that kind of philosophy with his teammates all the time. It's like, let's see, let's get these guys involved. Let me let AD eat, you know what I'm saying? Let me... Let me give him the tools, you know what I'm saying? Because if, granted, LeBron takes a few weeks off or something like that for, for whatever reason, these guys have to be able to function without him. But he's damn near planning to be there when it comes to coming down the stretch for the playoffs and stuff like that. And, I, again, he's 17 years into the league. I'm not, I'm not going to say my expertise is better than his from a, you know, from a managerial standpoint when it comes to playing in the league for 17 years. Uh I think him and AD are still trying to figure themselves out. Um, they're lacking maybe a little bit of outside shooting. Uh, Danny Green looks very good. But, you know, you, you still have to find spots. You come, pick and roll, find your people to swing to. The Clippers' defense is damn near probably top in the league. So, yeah, so it was expected. Yeah, yes. We're going to see them run through a lot of teams. Clippers is not going to be one team that they run through. They're going to get some games on the Clippers. They're going to not get some games on the Clippers. But – Clippers are not going to be a pushover team. And every time they play them, the Clippers are probably going to give the L.A. Lakers the best effort. Yeah, you know? for sure, so. for sure. Definitely. Um, it was crazy because a lot of people were saying after that game, like, yo, LeBron James shouldn't be point guard. They definitely need to go out and find another playmaker and whatnot. And then people like Jamal Crawford went and, went and tweeted, the Lakers look good, but they need, like, another score who can get his own bucket. And probably a time, Dot, dot, dot. So um, based on what you've seen, should the Lakers be panicked in any form or shape to get another playmaker? Because Rondo's out right now. I think if Rondo comes back, you just take out Avery Bradley and make him the starting point guard with Danny yeah. Green, um, LeBron James, JaVale McGee, and Anthony Davis. Do you think they need another playmaker? And then Kuzma's coming back, too. Yeah. Like people forget. Yeah, Kuzma's coming back. Damn good player. Uh, can stretch the floor. Um, get some pockets that maybe the Lakers are missing a little bit from the mid-range to, like, the outside shooting. So, again, some more length on defense. Um, no, nah, you don't push the panic button. Uh, only only thing I would change about the Lakers is right now the guy is stealing $16 million from them. KCP. KCP, 48 minutes, one bucket, dog. <laughs> I don't hoop in the league, you know what I'm saying? It's tough, I, I'm sure, but, Aaron, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you looking around, like your mom's in the in the crib, whatever, like that. You know, like something went wrong while she was away, and you just hoping that she doesn't find that out. Mm. You know, K- KCP is just like, all right, I'm just gonna one point. I'm just gonna. Right. <laughs> you like just slides off the screen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, and and I think he'll he'll come alive hopefully next few games because the, the kind of heat that's on that, and you can't be out there for 48 minutes and only have one point. You know nothing else, no other stat line, but uh, yeah, no, 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 no panic button on the Lakers right now. Clippers look damn good. Mm-hmm. Lakers are gonna be top four in the, in the West, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it's crazy because a lot of people are kind of slinging LeBron. Like, let's let's not forget LeBron. Like, 
obviously he's played preseason, but he hasn't played a real game in such a long time because of the injury. Um, and then because of, you know, once they figured out his team wasn't going to playoffs, he literally didn't care anymore. Yeah, facts. So had to get back into game shape. Like I said, this was a very – this was a game where he got tested. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, historically speaking, LeBron James always, like you said – Paces himself, kind of sees what he has to work with, yep. seeing who has that dog in him, sees who see see sees who he has to potentially get rid of, yada yada yada. There's always that drama that goes on. But he redeemed himself second game. They played Utah. Um, defensively, they were great. Only held Utah to 86 points. Um, and LeBron James was LeBron James. LeBron James. 32 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. Um, they started utilizing that pick and roll with him at AD, which they didn't really use that much against the Clippers, which was shocking. Maybe the Clippers just were so good defensively. I have to look back into those highlights. Yeah. But they started to utilize that a little bit more, and um, everything seemed to work well. Like you said, though, when LeBron opposes his will like that, that would definitely guarantee a W or at least damn, damn close, to close to it. But it's like, like you said, if he keeps doing that, when he does leave, the team's going to look lost without him. Yeah. And that's going to be wear and tear to his body. He is in year 17, about to be 35 years old in December. Sheesh. So you got to kind of find that balance. You got you to definitely find that balance as well, too. Next thing I want to talk about, trouble in Golden State. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's trouble, but yet not trouble because – they having to go up against the Clippers too, yeah. um, and they got waxed by the Clippers, one forty one to one twenty two in the new arena at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Moved from Oakland all the way to San Francisco just to get your ass kicked. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because the last L they took in Oracle was to Kawhi, and the first L they took in their new wow. arena was to Kawhi as wow. well too. But um, yeah, man, they they got murdered like. Like, the Clippers really suffocated D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry. Steph Curry was only, like, 18% from three that whole night. He just looked uncomfortable the whole time. D'Angelo Russell had a little – I think he scored, like, their first, like, eight to ten points. Ten but after points. that, he was damn near invisible out there. So, my thing is, now it's like – obviously, it's early. Obviously, the Warriors are going to have that chance to beat up on the East and those lower-level teams who are not expected to make the playoffs. But – my thing is now it's like you lost Andre Iguodala, you lost Sean Livingston due to retirement. Clay's hurt. You lost um, Clay Thompson. You lost Demarcus Cousins. You lost one of the best players, Kevin Durant. Clay Thompson's out, and Steve Kerr saying that he may not come back. I don't know if it's actually true, or he just wants to quiet everyone down, or just have his team think that yo, you can't rely on someone coming back. You yeah. only can you only can work with what you have right now. Right. So my thing is like. Besides Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell, who are you gonna get it from? Who are you gonna get that scoring from? Draymond Green is a perennial All Star, but he's not known for scoring. He's known as being an All Around player. He give you ten to thirteen points. He'll facilitate for you. Get the rebounds. He'll guard your best bigs, and he ha- and he'll switch on on a. He can make that switch if necessary or if need be. So it's like without those two and with Clay not coming back, they're gonna struggle this year, and they don't have size like they used to. Like, you're at a disadvantage. Steph Curry has always been a defensive liability. Now you add D'Angelo Russell to that mix, teams are going to exploit that. So it's like, what do you do? And then they're still they're so heavily reliant on Steph Curry, who's had 
past injuries dealing with his ankle. He even sprained his MCL before on their playoff runs. D'Angelo Russell, who's kind of had his injury woes, at, at least when he started, when he first got traded to Brooklyn. And then Draymond Green, obviously, wear and tear always happens. I think he even hurt, like, his elbow against the, the Clippers. Yeah. But my thing is, like, if one of those dudes go out, like, what are you going to do? So what are your expectations for the Warriors? What were your thoughts on that game? Obviously, it's going to be a long season. Obviously, it's so early, but we are prisoners of the moments. And do you see Steph Curry being that unanimous Steph Curry? And I thought I would never say this, and we're going to talk about this probably a little bit later. I think he's just going to have to, A, be Steph Curry of Young, or B, be what Trey Young is to the Hawks right now and just go stupid. Just go stupid. But what are your thoughts? I think Steph Curry is going to be more liable to put up 30 to 40 points uh, on a nightly. How consistently will he do it? I feel like we'll see him here and there. But at the same time, when we saw Steph Curry going crazy, being the unanimous, that was in the prime. That's when we really fell in love with shooting the three like from deep, all that stuff like that. Teams have caught on. You know, teams have caught on. You, you know, like, so there wasn't a defense for Steph Curry back then. Mm-hmm. But now there's, all right, we're going to get up, we're going to press, you know, don't give him any daylight, anything like that. So it's been scouted, it's been seen, you know. And there's somebody on each team that if you're going to play the Warriors, there's a scout, all right, you have to run around with him. You have to be prepared for him. Him and zero. After that, we'll let everybody else beat us. Mm-hmm. Because who's going to beat us on that team? Yeah. Not not so many people. Like, it's just not going to happen. And um, it's funny because, you know, we're, we're comparing these first few games. And for some reason, you know, the big names that we talked about, I mean, not for some reason, the NBA schedules it for a reason. But the big names we've talked about, uh, the Clippers are a common denominator. <laughs> and, it, and it might be a telltale sign to what we see coming down the stretch in the Western Conference. Yeah. But we're comparing a lot of the teams to the Clippers who – are the best team in the conference right now. Yeah. Simple as that. They're the best team in the conference. And it's hard hard to compare somebody to trying to get their stuff together to a team that looks like they have their shit very much together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Steph Curry, not unanimous MVP season, but he's going to put up a lot of numbers because he has to. If not, I don't know what else you do from an organizational standpoint, you know. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to go out and get? I don't know. Uh, I think they'll figure it out. It's not going to be tor- turmoil. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, but they're definitely not going to be up there. And, and like, they're not going to be. I, I think they five and below for them. I think they six through eight, maybe seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to see, like I said, it's it's a small sample size because they played who we think are at least going to make it to the conference finals in the, in the Los Angeles Clippers. But yeah. It's going to be a very rough year, man. I mm-hmm. can already see it, bro. It's going to be very tough. And teams are getting better in the West and in the East, too. Yeah. And in the East, too. So we're going to see. Um, I want to, you know, steer this to you. What are your thoughts on Russ and Harden, the duo? They're one-on-one right now. Uh, first game they lost to – they blew like a 16-plus point lead against the Bucks. Giannis just went stupid. Shout out to Giannis, man. <laughs> Everybody been – I've been catching some slack. You know, I ranked them a little low uh, on my top 50 list. I kind of wish I could go back in time. <laughs> the only reason why I put Steph Curry ahead of him was because I'm assuming – so it was based off – of obviously his credentials, 
And then I said, well, Steph Curry's going to have to go unanimous Steph Curry this year, so he's going to be more vital to his team because he lost mm-hmm. all those role players. So that's why I ranked him higher. Looking back at it now, I would probably flip that and put Giannis right there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on um, Russ and Harden um, right now? You know, obviously we only saw two games, but they look pretty damn good together. Um, Give me a spill, man. Russ and Harden, I think – and, you know, I, this team, we talked about it last time. I was like, they're not really going to impress me unless they take the next step in the playoffs. Um, but Russian Harden looked look very good. Uh, James Harden's not even shooting that well. And the team's still finding a way to get it done because you have that extra push in Russ. Like, you can play him with James Harden on the floor. You can play with him off the floor. And from the highlights that we've been watching, I really like him when James Harden's not on the floor with him. Just because the spacing, how it goes, um, Russ is somebody that's going to penetrate to the rim every single time and with ease. And you can just put the shooters around him. You got Capella that's down there. You can dish it off to. Uh, Kind of a speed switch up that you're not going to get with James Harden on the floor. Kind of running the show in a way. You can put Russ and Harden on the floor together. It gives you another lethal shooter. But, again, as far as rhythm and flow goes, James Harden is your your, you know your your utility like your your all around kind of thing, and I feel like Russ will be just a specialty. All right, we need this, we need it done right now, you know. So it's a it's a two way go with it. Like from from uh, Mike D'Antoni coaching the, the team really well. The spacing's crazy. Um, I don't I don't have any more to say about it other than I think this is going to be a really good team. It's going to be hard to beat them with all their players and. They still hit shots really well. So you got Russ, you got James Harden, uh, you got Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker down there. That It's going to be a damn good team. I, I, I say top three in the West. Uh, yeah, definitely top three. Uh, I really like them playing together. I wish I could see James Harden play a little bit more off ball. It seems like whenever him and Russ are on the floor together, if Russ has a ball in his hand, he just stands at one spot yeah. instead of making a necessary – adjustments but um i kind of like them they they seem like obviously we know who's the better uh the better player who would be the better decision making down the stretch but i honestly they seem like they are a bit more fluid when russ is on the when russ has the ball in his hands as well too but uh they're still basically the same team from last year honestly only added tyson chandler from what i see in in russell westbrook they're gonna go far um they could Honestly, get the number one seed in the West. I wouldn't be shocked at all, too, just, you know, from being in that system alone as well, too. And like I said, Russ adds a whole new dynamic that we haven't seen um, when Chris Paul was there, his ability to rebound, his ability to get up and down the floor and even provide even more open shots for his teammates. So um, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, Obviously, like you said, it's a small sample size. But, yeah, you're right. I see a top three seed in the West for them. So, you know, we're going to see what happens with that. Easy money. Easy money. Uh, which rookie were you surprised by the most and why so far? If you had to just pick one rookie. Um, I said I was going between Kobe White and I was going between R.J. Barrett. But I kinda, I'm kind of going with R.J. Barrett uh, just because New York's been a shitty-ass franchise for years. And with New York, whenever you get drafted, there's, there's, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. But... RJ Barrett's been looking very, very good in his first three games. Um, He's been averaging, what, like 21 points, uh, five rebounds, almost three assists, been shooting 53% from three, which is shocking. Um, 51% overall from the field, 
Uh, could use a little bit of help on his free throws, but overall, he I've always said this too, like he's been like the most NBA ready to okay. me. Um, aside from Zion, he's been the most NBA ready. He's he's pretty big for his size, you know what I'm saying? He's like six, um, six. He's moving great without the ball, um, which I've seen being a lot of points off of that. It seems like he's taking advantage of his size. He's posting up smaller players. Um, it's pretty good at, at the spot up shot for the three. Great finishing at the rim as well too. Um, and the sky's the limit for him too. Obviously Zion's out right now. Um, so if I had an early pick, and it was super early, um, I'm going with RJ Barrett for uh, rookie of the year right now. But who is your rookie that you are surprised about the most? Uh, my rookie that I'm surprised about the most. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with Kobe White right now. He's um he's a dog, he's a dog dude. <laughs> uh, we talked to Manny. Um, and we I think between me, you and Manny, I've been. We've been calling him kind of like a, a Gilbert Arenas-like player. Yeah. Um, and then, too, like sneaky athleticism. Uh, he's not going to dunk on you, but at the same time, he's going to finish around you. Uh, not sauce like Kyrie, but, again, he's going to get the job done. Plays really well. Uh, I'm not even sure what the Bulls' record is right now. But I feel like he's going to be a, a piece of that team that they really need uh, – Playing across from Zach Levine, who's going to run the floor really well, a big guard that can kind of pretty much produce and do whatever you need him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, from a guard like that, maybe get him in like the point guard role, just keep him uh, with the assist and everything like that. But for the most part, I think Kobe White's just been impressing me. He, he has knocked down shots. Again, a good finisher, good size to defend. Um, him and I'm slowly, slowly, slowly uh, waiting to just see how. The next few games go for John Morant because he's probably the player I've been most excited to watch yeah. in the draft class. The, but just the guy I'm impressed with right now is probably in, in Kobe White. So, okay, yeah, cool. Um, which young team are you most surprised by? I said for me, I was going back and forth between some teams as well too. It was really hard to decide, but I said, you know what, I'm just gonna go with this team, um, the Suns. Uh, right now they're two and one. Um, you know they. They, they blew out the Kings. Um, they beat the Clippers last night with Kawhi Leonard, and obviously the Clippers beat the Lakers and beat the Warriors as well, too. And they lost in overtime to Denver just by one point as well, too. Yeah, I so blocked. it seems like, although they don't have the veterans that you'd want them to have, it seems like they've all made a commitment to get better this offseason and actually playing as a team. Like, no one man's doing it in his own. I thought... You know, Devin Booker was still going to be in that that high-volume category as well, too. But you're getting contributions from a lot of people. Kelly Oubre, Dario Sarek, Aaron Baines, um, Kaminsky, Tyler Johnson, they're all playing very well. And it's going to be kind of scary when Ricky Rubio comes back from his little minor injury and Sheesh. DeAndre Ayton comes back from his suspension that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But they can potentially make a playoff push or at least be in, in 10th through 8th seed. That's scary. Um, knowing that Zion Williams is out and whatnot. But what team are you looking for? What, well, what team are you? What young team are you most surprised by? Young team, do the Hawks count as a young team? Yeah. Why okay. Not? So, so I'll I'll take them. Uh, they are undefeated right now. They're the best in the East. They're right the best in the East. <laughs> Sheesh. Let's let's not even say that too loud. But um, nah, I think I think the Hawks have impressed me solely because of one person, Trey Ball Young, and he's killing it. Looks like Steph Curry. Crazy, like, or maybe just this is just change the whole subject. Looks like Trey Young crazy. Um, you know, size is not super great, but dude launches the ball from anywhere, 
savvy handle. I still can't get over when he nutmegged uh, J.J. Reddick <laughs> in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, so, dude's a walking cannon, you know. Yeah. Plays very, very good with his size. Um, ridiculous, dude. Like, you can't leave the kid open for anything. And then you can't really get in front of him because he's too fast, too savvy with the ball. Um, no, nah, the Hawks look they look they look pretty good right now. I know just again being a prisoner of the moment, but let's see how long Trey Young can keep this up. Yeah, you know? Trey Long keeps this motor running, man. He could, <laughs> he could be an MVP consideration this year. I think he's averaging 38, 39 points if you're rounded. 39 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, and the Hawks are 2 0, beat the Pistons, and then they also beat the Magic, who had the best record um, post All Star break. So. Major props to Trey Young right now. He's really doing his thing. That team is is playing well, but we'll see how things unfold as the season unfolds a little bit more. Big facts, big facts. Um, overall, what team are you most impressed by in general? I'm going with the Clippers. Uh, they're missing Paul George. You know they they added Kawhi Leonard, um, and you know obviously they lost last night to a new and improved, and which we think is a new and improved uh, Phoenix Suns, but they've been the most impressive to me um, off the simple fact that they're really wearing and wearing down these teams early on and just in just second half going off with it. Uh, who are you most impressed by? What team? Clips. Can't argue with that. Clips? Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, now, this, is it. this isn't a rookie thing, but which young player are you most impressed by? Um, I was going between Trey Young and Brandon Ingram too, but considering Brandon Ingram Clay came off of his blood clot and the fact that Zion's gone, I think Drew Holiday just sprained his knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just have to double check on that. I'm going with Brandon Ingram. Been averaging 27 points, nine assists, four rebounds. He's everything that we hoped he'd pan out to be from Duke in a new atmosphere. Um, and obviously the Pelicans are still, still haven't seen their first W yet, but the fact that they've been competitive against the Rockets and then also against the reigning champions and the Raptors, future's looking bright for them. So if they can get everything going, Drew Holiday comes back, you know, maybe they can make the playoffs. But what young player, um, if any, are you most surprised by so far? Uh, I think not a rookie, obviously. Yeah, I think Brandon Ingram's a, a great pick for that. Um, I'm going to still go double back down on Trey Young. Um, 77 points in the last – I mean, in the two games, there are, I think the first two games, he had like 77 points. It might be three. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, rounding that out, helping his team, really playing a point guard role, but still being able to score at an elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's that's my guy. Okay. Brandon Egram, right up there with him because, you know, the sky's the limit for that dude. So. Yeah. So, apparently, Joel Embiid suffered an ankle injury, sprained his ankle. He Sheesh. said he had discomfort in his in, – in Ankle, so they diagnosed it with sprained ankle. I guess it's a good thing that they got Al Horford now, um, yeah. So he can legit be that center when when he is out. Um, so it definitely makes sense. I'm just a little disappointed in Ben Simmons. Obviously, you know the Philadelphia 76ers are undefeated. He's imposing as well. I, I think yesterday he kind of had a pretty tough game. I think he had to finish with like 13, seven and five or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, I still haven't seen him attempt a jump shot. I don't even care if it's a three pointer at this point. Even the mid range, like, yeah, like, what's up? Like, he catfished us in the preseason. He catfished <laughs> us in the preseason. Like, what are your thoughts about that? Do you uh, even, do you even have anything to say about that? Uh, dude, they're winning. I mean, yeah, when it becomes a problem, when they're losing, we'll talk about it. But they're winning. I don't really have a problem with it. But he catfished us. You know, it's like, 
you're, you still look good, but you're not your profile picture. Yeah, you're you know? definitely not the profile picture. Confusing <laughs> me on Tinder and all these other apps. As well he too. used the filter. He used the filter on us. That's he what happened. Filter on us, man. Three point shot filter. Um, another another props I want to give to who you could also argue who you're most impressed by overall as far as players is probably Derrick Rose. Um, mm-hmm. He's he should be a starter at this point now. Like we all know, Reggie Jackson is not better than him right now. <laughs> um, but he's been averaging twenty five five and two. That's awesome. Low-key, kind of like his MVP numbers in a way. Obviously, the rebounds could increase a little bit, but he's been doing everything since Blake Griffin's been out um, with, like, a, I think, hamstring hamstring issue and also knee issue. Um, so when Blake Griffin comes back and, and, and Derrick Rose can stay healthy um, and be that other guy you can rely on, they should definitely make a push to get back in the playoffs and be an even higher seed than they were last year in the number eight seed. Well, coach uh, Casey over there, I think he's a damn good coach. Uh Best coach in the league, yeah, probably a year, two years ago. Um, but player I'm most impressed with overall, you got to keep going with the home team. I mean, it's not the home team because I'm not like a Clippers fan, but dude, Kawhi Leonard's playing like Kyrie's been OD too. Kyrie's been <laughs> Kyrie. You want to be the what? <laughs> the star player? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to his 50 point performance um, as well, and then he also hit a dagger at the corner three. I mean, the elbow at the three point line. Um, the other night against the Knicks, so that was pretty dope to watch. It's going to be a fun year for them. Um, and so when KD come back, they're definitely going to be a, a finals favorite, at least coming out of the East as well, too. Uh, top three uh, possible MVPs this year you got? Me? Yeah. Oh, you asked me a question. Yeah. Um, so early, man. Uh, Cardi needs, I mean, uh, right right now, just from this small sample size? Just, just from yeah. Okay. Use, use the sample size and just project it. This is not gonna be maybe what happens. Please don't come back and kill us for these predictions. You know, because we don't have a small sample size. But you know, that could top three MVP. That's so tough. There's so much talent around the league. All right. Um, everyone's been saying like uh, load management with the Clippers, okay. with Kawhi Leonard and whatnot. I think he can be one. Because okay. now he's added, he's added. Everyone always bashes him every single year. He always adds to his game, and what he's adding to his game now is the ability to play make. Yeah. He had ten assists the other night, twenty seven, ten, and like seven. I was like, "Damn, you looking like LeBron out there yeah. now?" When PG come back, wow, Sheesh. my God! So I don't think he's necessary. He may sit out back to back games, but if they're blowing teams out like that, that's his load management right there. When you don't have to play in the fourth quarter, uh, so I'll go with Kana- Kawhi for one. Um, Another favorite, probably Nikola Jokic. He's been playing pretty well. I mean, there's okay. been so many good Joker. people. Uh, all right, so if I if a gun <laughs> gun pointed in my head, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, Kyrie Irving. Depending on how how high of a seed they can be, and probably Giannis right now. Okay. I don't I don't know. It's too early to tell. What about you? Um, I got I, I got to get at least like twenty games into the season. Kawhi, Giannis, and it's too early, bro. <laughs> Kawhi, Giannis, and I'll go. And this is gonna be a tough one. And it's going to probably hurt him because he is playing alongside James Harden because they're going to split their numbers. But I'll go Kawhi, Giannis, and Russ. Ooh, Russ. That's interesting. Yeah. Keep that same energy. 10, 15 <laughs> games I don't from now. <laughs> games now. Don't shoot us. This is for kicks and goals. The last thing I want to talk about is DeAndre Ayton. So, <clears throat> DeAndre Ayton tested positive for 
a diuretic. Um, so he's going to have a 25-game ban as of right now, and he's working with the NBPA and the NBA to, um, you know, appeal the suspension. Um, so basically it violates the NBA and NBA Players Association anti-drug policy. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know about diuretics, it increases the rate of urine flow to adjust the volume and composition of bodily fluids. So the main reason why people take it is to lose weight and then also to mask something that they're trying to hide. So in honor of Stephen A. Smith, stay off the goddamn weed. Now, honestly, that's what I think it is. I think he was smoking that ganja. And he he probably got they probably got a, a little note saying, yo, like you about to get drug tested, bruh. So he went out and got the diuretic and he got caught. That's what it was. That's what it is, because he looks like he didn't add or lose weight. He kinda looks the same. He didn't he, he didn't lose weight. He looks about the same or or a little bit bigger as well too. Yeah. Um so I think that's what it is. Notable people who got suspended um from just using performance enhancement drugs or whatever. Um where Wilson Chandler, Jody Meeks, Joe Klonoa, Hito Turkoglu, Rashad Lewis, all of them averaged about, like, 25-game suspension as well, too. Um, and if he does miss these 25 games, um, he's going to be essentially losing $2 million. $2 million. And um, that's going to be an average of $116,620 per game. Uh, what were your thoughts on finding out about his suspension? And, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is obviously – you losing your money and you being a liability to your team because, like I said, the Phoenix Suns do look good, and with him not there, that could make or break their season as far as getting to the playoffs as well, too. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a top pick, so the Phoenix Suns are relying on him. Uh, but when I first saw that, I was like, it's probably a mistake. You know, I don't think anybody's all just doing, like, drugs. Ganja. Like, you know, <laughs> performance-enhancing drugs type drink, but if it's on the banned substance list, uh, you would have to think they've been doing this for years and years. The NBA probably tests pretty well on that stuff. So I'm going to give him the benefit and the doubt. Hopefully he gets it appealed to only, you know, say 10 games, if not a little bit less, a little bit more. Um, but I'm hoping he gets back on the floor because, I mean, you want the basketball players playing. Uh, it's, it's not a drug that's going to make him LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not going to do that. But at the same time, uh, you know, hopefully it was just an error and uh, – not even judgment, but just a process and, and nutrition, and he can get back on the floor as soon as possible because we want to see the Suns play play well. We don't want a black man to lose his money. So yeah, yeah. and it's never a fun thing when black men use the money, but it's just young. You learn from your mistakes. Right. A little slap on the wrist, you're but gonna you be smoke fine. The weed. Lay off the weed. Yeah, lay off the weed, man. Just smoking it off season. But you know, you have players like Stephen Jackson and and and, and Matt Barnes who smoke before every game <laughs> and still find a way to beat the system. So and Steve Kerr, if you're gonna do it, be smart about it. But more story is stay off the weed. Um, but that was episode 63 of the season show. Any any last uh, comments you want to say or anything like that? Uh, everybody keep fighting out there. Shout out to uh, Chosen One Generation. Um, yeah, I was about to ask you about that. It's a pretty dope logo. No, it's, it's really cool. Uh, boss lady out there, Coach A, um, she puts it all together. But just um, middle school, high school, boys, AAU, skills, workout. If you're down in the Petersburg area or just like the Richmond, greater Richmond area in general, want to get a workout in, let your boy know. Let Chosen One Generation know. Uh, really good program out there. Uh, faith-based people that take care of you. Or if you just want to get on, uh, be around a program that's looking to do big things, Chosen One Generation. 
Hey, um, that's our my time. Appreciate you having me, man. It was always, a great always show. Always love, yeah, always love, always love, man. That was episode 63 of the Caesar Show. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to subscribe to the Caesar Show on all forms of social media. And then, you know, spread the love. And that's about it. NBA season's underway. Stay tuned for another episode. We out. Peace.